Does the Panthers jumping to the number one overall spot affect Houston in this year's draft? And Texans sign an agent wide receiver vet before the start of the free agent period. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, and I am joined by Texans credential media member and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Robert Woods to Houston is a done deal. We'll get into that. Hmm. And today is the official legal tampering period for the NFL before the start of free agency. There is a two-day window where teams can legally tamper. I don't know how that works, but (laughs) uh, tamper with other players in order to get them over to their franchise and for the next 24 to 48 hours. I am interested to see how Houston uses this time in order to improve this roster. As of right now, there are sources stating that the Houston Texans will look to upgrade at defensive tackle. But before we get into that, Mm. the Panthers and the Chicago Bears agree to terms for the Panthers to trade up for the number one overall pick. The Bears received the number nine overall pick in this year's draft, along with the 61st overall pick in this year's draft, a first rounder for 2024 and a second rounder for 2025. And they also got DJ Moore. And so first and foremost, what a steal fleecing the Chicago bears. Man, I'm looking to see what DJ Moore and Justin Fields can do, but to bring it back here to Houston, what does this actually means for the Houston Texans? And Cody, I I can't wait to give it up to you because I'm looking forward to hearing what you say, but listeners and viewers at home, subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page and all of the major podcasting platforms. I don't think this means anything. Hmm. I think as of right now, Houston has a plan for what they want to do with their second overall pick. And I think their plan does include whether or not their number one top prospect quarterback, if that guy is taken, then I think they already have a pivot plan in motion, the plan B. I also think that plan may include whether or not they look at getting the second best quarterback or if that quarterback that they really believe can take this franchise to another level. If that quarterback is taken off the board, I believe that that plan B, plan B excuse me, also includes taking a defensive player. We all heard about the Jimmy G rumors to Houston, right? So there's a possibility that this could be a time where we really see how, how good of a GM and scout Nick Casario is along with partnering him with D'Amico Ryans. And I think that any decision that is made, I believe that it will be a 60, 40 decision, 55, 45 split between Nico, uh, Nico and uh, Nick Casario, D'Amico, excuse me, and Nick Casario. And I think D'Amico will have his way, but I don't think that this will change anything. I don't see Houston panicking, fretting, uh, uh, trying to trade up for that number one spot, which we saw reports over the weekend that, Carolina would like to do that as well. I don't think so. I think Houston knows exactly what they want to do in this draft. They have a plan A and they have a plan B. And I also think that they may have a plan C as well. 
And John, I totally agree with you. I do believe that the Panthers trading up to that number one spot doesn't mean anything for the Houston Texans because when I break this down, I'm looking at it from a variety of points. First and foremost, look, we don't know who are on the Houston Texans draft board as of right now, but when you go back to what Nick Asirio had to say at the combine, he said that every single pick, they are looking at several positions and every position that they are looking at have several players and in terms of the quarterback you definitely know that CJ and Bryce are at the top so with that being said since the Panthers have the number one overall pick and you know nine times out of ten they're going to get their hands on one of the top two quarterback prospects in either CJ or Bryce it's not going to be that big of a deal because in my opinion John when you take a look at both players talent for talent wise numbers for numbers I don't really think it's it's that much of a difference in terms of those two prospects. Once again, you you just got to throw out the whole stature factor. But look, just take a look at the number. Um, Bryce Young, during his time at Alabama, 8,356 yards while completing 65.8% of his passes, 80 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. CJ. 8,123 yards, completing 70% of his passes, 85 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So both of those prospects are literally 1A and, 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 and 2A, or however you want to say it. Like, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. However, the one thing that concerns me is this whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Because you know there is a possibility if they sign Jimmy G, they might have an opportunity to divert from drafting one of these quarterbacks and actually targeting one of the lower tier quarterback prospects like Anthony Richardson, who I've been told the Houston Texans are a little bit intrigued by it at this point. If that is the case, John, I do believe that Nick Casario and the Houston Texans might have done themselves a disservice by not trying to talk to the Carolina Panthers to see if they could have gotten that package that they sent to Chicago for that number one overall pick. And I say that because not only will the Houston Texans have an opportunity to get an additional first round pick, but you also got to keep in mind that they added DJ Moore in that package. And you and I are going to talk about it later on in the show, probably as soon as the next segment. But how many times have you and I came on this show and talked about the lack of talent that the Houston Texans have at that wide receiving core? So with that being said, if, None. And I mean, if there is a possibility that the Texans divert from drafting either CJ or Bryce, you're looking at a situation where it might be a missed opportunity. Absolutely. But so I don't think it's going to be a missed opportunity unless their decision the entire time was not to take a quarterback overall. And I agree it with is that. True as well. Uh, we've heard the rumors of Anthony Richardson and Houston having, you know, a connection, Jimmy G being a part of that process and plan. I think within the next month and a half, we will see more of a, a clearer and decisive plan from the Houston Texans, and that's what we're looking forward to. If Houston doesn't take that quarterback at two overall, then it tells me that this entire time they already had their own personal plan in place. Mm-hmm. And, again, when we look at what the Panthers does, I don't think that it will affect anything Houston has to do. Mm-hmm. I think there's three plans in place, plan A, plan B, and plan C. And as of right now, when we look at the things that we've heard so far from Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans in terms of building a system around a quarterback, we can't take those words lightly. They are serious about making sure that this entire roster is an upgrade from what has been the past three seasons. Since Nick Casario has gotten here 
And mm-hmm. he's been, in, you know, unable to do that consistently because of being strapped for cash, not having enough money in free agency, and also this destination under the coaches that they've had here. And Jack Easterby hasn't been welcoming for other free agent players to come here. So they've had to sign some of the lower tier, don't want to call them bottom of the barrel, but lower tier players. I think a lot of that changes this year. I think this first year is what we see what Nick Assyria has been wanting to do for the first couple of seasons. And then next year we'll get into that. And Houston has a plan right now with this optionality to increase the talent on this roster. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk a lot about the mobile game app here on the show. And if you've ever thought about becoming a general manager, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you may think to create a dynasty, and this is your opportunity to get in the game. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. Listen, you got to hire the right coaches and coordinators. You manage all of the finances, including negotiating player salaries and teams in terms, excuse me, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all of the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you go when you want to. Locked on Texans, our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps, so make sure you check it out today. Download the game. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores today. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. We appreciate you guys checking us out for today. So Robert Woods was signed to the Houston Texans over the weekend. (laughs) And the Texans signed the former Titans and a Los Angeles Ram wideout Robert Woods to a two-year deal worth $15.25 million with a $10 million fully guaranteed uh, within that contract and a maximum value of $17 million. Right now, the wide receivers under contract for the Houston Texans, uh, as of right now, Amari Rogers, Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks, mm-hmm. Nico Collins, mm-hmm. John Mechie. That's mm-hmm. an issue. And I'll tell you why. Because Brandon Cooks is expected to be off the roster. John Mechie has not played a down of NFL football. Nico Collins last year struggled to stay on the field. And Amari Rogers was a midseason, uh, not even a, a trade. He was a midseason. He was a midseason uh, a free agent pickup after he was released. And so there's not a lot of experience going into next season for the Houston Texans who already have a uh, weakening wide receiver room. Right now, Woods is 29 years old, caught 59, 53 passes last season for 527 yards, two touchdowns through 17 games, 15 of which he started. Now, I wanted to make that clear because a lot of people look towards Robert Woods' injury history. He played 17 games last year, started at 15. The injuries <laughs> wasn't an issue. The issue was, Robert, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and Josh Dobbs. This signing does give Houston depth at that uh, position that it desperately needs. Again, Houston and 
And unless Houston and Cooks agree to work things out with that contract, he's gone. However, I look at this signing as a signing that Houston probably could have waited during the second and third phases of free agency. And I also believe $7.5 million for Robert Woods is too much money. And I think when you sign Woods, that makes it difficult for Houston to retain players like Ogbo Okorowunko, Tavier Thomas, and I'd even throw in Jonathan Owens, who I don't think that he would be starting for Houston next year. And with the re-signing of MJ Stewart, they may have prioritized him over Jonathan Owens because he may be a better special team option, cheaper. And I think that this is a year that Jonathan Owens may look for a bigger payout. Hmm. However, I would have liked to see Jonathan Owens, who ran a 4-3, by the way, and was second, I believe, in tackles for the Houston Texans last season. I would have liked to see him return. But I think 7.5, we're waiting to see what Houston does in terms of increasing this cap. They're going to move on from more players, including Brandon Cooksill. I think the money is what holding is what holding them up right now. He's due to make $18 million, way too much money for Brandon Cooks at his point in his career for the Houston Texans' sake. So they, that money, what they have right now, I think it was around $30 million close to it. That will increase. But that 7.5 is a lot of money that I think Houston could have used to sign, uh, retain some of the players that I think did well for them last year. I actually like the signing of Robert Woods um, because when you take a look at it, John, he fits the criteria of everything that I want to see the Houston Texans do and go out and get in free agency. You talk about a veteran that can be a locker room leader um, to the younger guys like a John Mechie, like a Nico Collins, like whoever they're going to draft and hopefully in the first round at wide receiver who has the potential to be this team's number one target next season. Um, And not only that, not only do they have a veteran, but they also have a veteran who is still productive. Um, yes, he did not have the – he had probably one of, if not the worst um, quarterback play last year for a wide receiver. You talk about Tannehill. You talk about Malik Willis. But now, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was in Houston. <laughs> that's, that, that's why I said one of the worst quarterback. Um, talents that a wide receiver had to play with. You're looking at a guy who's still going to be productive, John. I don't think the money's going to be that much of an issue because whenever they get off of Brandon Cooks, I know they're going to have to work something out where you could at least probably pay half of his contract salary that he still has on the book or whatever the case might be. But I like this sign to Robert Woods because at the end of the day, you mentioned something that the Houston Texans needed, and that is depth especially at that position. The only thing I don't like about it is what does this mean for Chris Moore? Because at right. this stage in Robert Wood's career, I do know that. as well, I, you know, I thought oh, yeah, him most definitely. And look, you're talking about two guys, Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore. <laughs> I know their name doesn't hold any type of weight. However, you're talking about two guys who was very reliable at that position group over the last two years, especially Chris Moore. You and I just talked about him a couple weeks ago, how we are actually hoping that Chris Moore comes back. And hopefully this doesn't change anything. However, in terms of a veteran, in terms of a guy who can be your third, maybe fourth wide receiver on the roster, that is what you already have in Robert Woods. And at the end of the day, it's kind of unfortunate, but 
Wood is somewhat of the more talented player than Moore at this stage in his career. But overall, I like it because it brings depth to that position group. Because, yes, we are all expecting the Houston Texans to go out there and draft arguably their next best wide receiver, hopefully in the first first round. And we are all expecting a, a pretty good season from John Mechie as well. However, when you look at John Mechie, when you look at the receivers that they're going to bring in in the draft, but both of those guys are going to need time to get accustomed to the NFL level, especially John Mechie, who is coming into his rookie campaign with a whole type of different scenario and situation. And it's going to take time for him to get up to speed and showcase that talent that we know that he can be in this league. Absolutely. And another aspect of the uh, other Robert Woods signing, Robert Woods would be the oldest receiver on the, on the, on the roster, you know, once Brandon Cooks is moved off from, I'm 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 saying all of this is, you know, I'm thinking of a life after Cooks, right? <laughs> and when you look at what the Titans had last year in terms of who they had on their roster, you had Nick Westbrook, Traylon Burks, who was a rookie. Uh, Chris Conley was also getting some time for the uh, Tennessee Conley. Titans. Uh, Robert Woods was the more established wide receiver on that roster. So we've talked about Amari Rodgers. We both believe Amari Rodgers should be brought back. Mm -hmm. Nico Collins, there's no reason why Nico Collins should be moved on from in his third year when he's under a cheap rookie deal, um, getting them trading up for him a couple of years ago. And also when you look at Nico Collins, we have discussed the lack of quarterback play has hindered some of the success he could have had in the NFL so far, I was talking on Twitter the other day, and I said, man, 20, two, 200 yards at least was left out on the field because of the lack of quarterback play. <clears throat> John Mechie, be a rookie, mostly, right? I, don't, I, don't, I look at the, how the NBA does. He'll be a rookie this year. And so a guy like Robert Woods does help with their wide receiver room because they need the bodies, first and foremost. They got young guys, secondly, that he'd be able to mentor. And like you mentioned, Houston will find their next wide receiver in the draft. So they needed that. My only my only takeaway from it was $7.5 million <laughs> before legal tampering, period. Like, I think that signing, you could have filled out your roster in other areas before reaching out to Robert Woods. I'm under the impression Robert Woods wasn't going to garner a lot of attention this free agent period. Mm -hmm. And this is the first free agent signing of a player from the outside world that D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario brought in. So obviously this must be a guy that I think this is mainly a Nick Casario deal, uh, but this must be a guy that they believe can help them in terms of putting bodies in their room and then also being a coach out on the field because of his experience playing for the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. Like, he has that experience to help this wide receiver room. And I think he's looking for a new leash on life, so he's not going to be in a situation where Brandon Cooks was lied to, covering for the lies and things of that nature. He wants to play. Houston does have to upgrade their uh, quarterback position because I don't want to see another year <laughs> where he's catching the ball from the likes of Tannehill and Malik Willis. And for Houston, that would probably be, you know, Davis Mills or, God forbid, Jimmy G. Right now, we are at the end point of the NBA season. 
And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-point drain. They even allow you to combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. With the legal tampering period officially here, the Houston Texans will have some competitors for the likes of Ogbo Okorwankwo, who, according to sources in Aaron Wilson, he is expected to draw a strong market and may leave the Houston Texans. And I thought that if there's any player Houston should return, retain from last season, Okawankwa was one of them. Remember, he was hard on him at first, at the beginning of the season. <laughs> but when, when he really got his opportunity to get out on that field, he did a great job of making the most out of that opportunity. Finished the year out <clears throat> with nine tackles for loss, 44 total tackles, 11 QB hits in eight starts to go along with a career high of five sacks. He's one of those perfect players where I think he can fit on any defensive line. And I think that between D'Amico and Ogbo and, you know, the coaching that we believe D'Amico will bring to this team, he's a player I would have loved to see come back for the Houston Texans. And also Tremont Smith is also looking to possibly be gone from the Texans in free agency as well. The Texans have also shown <clears throat> excuse me, have also shown interest in center Jake Brindle. Brindle started 17 games for the 49ers in 2022 and only allowed one sack and 12 pressures in his lone season starting for the 49ers. And again, that's another connection. San Fran and Houston, we've seen a lot of that going on in the past couple of uh, you know months. We brought in D'Amico Ryans and him kind of changing the entire culture bringing in coaches, and I do believe players will follow. Yes, sir. And with that being said, we're going to finally conclude our countdown to free agency today because free agency starts in the next couple of hours. And we're going to take a look at two prospects that we feel the Houston Texans should go out and sign, um, one on the defensive line front. And, of course, the last part is going to be the secondary unit. John, you talked about the possibility of Okoronko leaving his organization doing free agency is going to hurt. However, I believe that they can actually sign his replacement. I know it might cost some money, but I don't, I don't think his market price is going to be as high because 2022 was a down year for him. But Marcus Davenport, the potential, and I say, and I do mean potential, good, great signing out there because Mark and Davenport, First round pick for the New Orleans Saints in 2017 or 2018 has shown some flashes at times. However, there was moments where he struggled with injuries last year. He was pretty healthy, but um, you know, as I mentioned, 2022 was a down year for him. I like Marcus Davenport because at his best, he can definitely help improve your defensive line unit. You're talking about a guy who can not only rush the passer, but you're talking about a guy who can also stop the run. Last year, he finished the 2022 campaign with a run defensive grade of 69.7, according to Pro Football Focus. 
And to understand how good that would be for the Houston Texans, that would have been the highest grade at stopping the run over the last three seasons in <laughs> Houston. That's how bad the Houston Texans have been at stopping the run. But given the fact that he's coming off of a down year and given the fact that he has the potential to improve the Houston Texans defensive line unit, I think that they can actually get him on a very friendly and affordable deal. Plus you pair him with a very good defensive line like D'Amico Ryans. I do believe that might be the coach that could finally help him reach the potential that the New Orleans Saints saw back in 2017, 2018, but unfortunately never got an opportunity to do so. In the secondary, the last guy that I'm looking at is Jonathan Jones, the cornerback from the New England Patriots. John, I know the, the cornerback the cornerback room is talented. However, I do have some concerns about their injuries, especially Derek Stingley Jr., if, for, for instance, if the Houston Texans go out and sign Jonathan Jones, a guy who recorded four interceptions and 11 pass deflections last year, um, if they have an opportunity to go out there and sign Jones, this sums up my theory. Spend the most money in free agency on the defensive side of the ball and just build through the draft on offense, i.e. taking a quarterback with the number two overall pick and hopefully so one of the top receivers with the number 12 pick. This seems so easy, but you know, not only are these the Texans, this is also the city of Houston as well. Man, I also would like to add with the D-line, I would love for Houston and David Anyameta to come to terms. I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that you can either pair him well with Malik Collins or that kind of makes Malik Collins a little bit more expendable. And maybe you can move on from them, trade them. Or if the money isn't just working right, you maybe look at the possibility of releasing him. I don't know how much that would be towards the dead cap. Um, but I think David Onyemeta has a higher ceiling. I would love to keep Malik Collins, by the way, with that. Yeah, me too. And then you still draft Young, and we have a good rotation between those guys, uh, which is what Houston needs. That's what they failed at last year, having a good rotation of inside and outside defensive linemen. So that's an opportunity as well. I love David Onyemeta. I think he would be a great addition to play along with um, to be coached under D'Amico Ryans. Before I leave, I want to have my nephew here. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody, hey, what's your name, man? Asir. Talking to the mic. Asir. There we go. Asir <laughs> what? What's your last name? Finley. There we go. It's my star right here. <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and check us out on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.